but i just want to share this because i'm just feeling this burden to share this prophetic word after which i will preach so i felt this you know uh, many years ago many many years ago i i'm talking about 30 40 years ago um i would often go to my uncle's house my my mom's brother's house and um, just on vacations you know just spend a week to uh, there and there was a well there was a well there you don't often see wells in mumbai but there was a well there it was quite deep actually and uh, it looked very deep and it was this you know stone walled well kind of a solid rock solid well and the water was quite high which again is a rarity in the city wells you know you see waters water at its depth but this had quite a good level of water and still it looked very deep and i often wondered you know how deep is this well how deep is this well i felt god remind me this morning suddenly that picture came to my mind and i felt i felt god saying this to someone here um uh, that you know you can you can probably measure this well now this well this well is not immeasurable you can measure this well even though it looks so and so full of water uh, you can measure it but you cannot measure my love and i felt god wants to remind you that god loves you and um, there's this verse in lamentations that is what i was searching for and i just want to quickly read this for you brothers and sisters i hope you are encouraged with this uh, i'm reading from lamentations chapter 3 verse 53 it says they tried to end my life in a pit that is a well and threw stones at me the waters closed over my head i thought i was about to perish i called on your name lord from the depths of the pit you heard my plea it says in verse 57 you came near when i called you and you said do not fear you lord took up my case you redeemed my life hallelujah and i just want to encourage you brothers and sisters that the lord is watching over us you know it's it's now nearly going to be 40 weeks uh since the lockdown you know we are nearing that phase and uh, 40 seems like a journey uh many new testament times and even though you may feel like you're in the pit i want you to know that god's love for you is deeper than the pit you know the tip can the pit can be measured but god's love is immeasurable and he knows each one of you and he cares for each one of you amen amen i just wanted to encourage you with that and now it's time to look at time what am i talking about as you are aware we are doing a a series i've just started the series maybe two two more or one more we'll see how time permits us but we are going to look at the subject of time so what have we covered this far basically we just looked at the whole concept of time from a biblical perspective what does the bible say about time and uh, i hope you love the uh, introduction session we looked at a few verses today we'll look at a few more and one of the things we learned from last time was about god even though god has created everything in space and time god himself is a timeless god he is el olam the everlasting god amen is the alpha the omega the ancient of days all of that we looked at and yet god has created everything else in terms of time that is where we uh, that was our introductory session today we are going to look at a closer a uh, view of what the bible has to teach us with regards to time and then next sunday god willing we will look at jesus and what did jesus teach about time and jesus taught so many things about time so many concepts so many wise uh, words came from jesus with regards to time right 
So before we, ah, this was this was one of the verses that a lot of people were blessed by. So it's not a verse; it's, it's basically a saying. It says, "I am not afraid of tomorrow because I know God is already there." Yeah, isn't that wonderful? You know, it just sounds like one of those promises from the scriptures. And I know God is there, and He will lead me and guide me. Amen. Okay, moving on, we will pray and we'll start. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord, for this wonderful morning. Thank you for reminding us that you are our friend. You are someone who's so close to us. Thank you, Lord, that you are a good shepherd who leads us and guides us. We thank you for us as a church, friends and family who have joined us. Lord, I pray that your hand of a grace and love will be on them. They will know this, Lord, that you plead our cause. You take our case, Lord, even from the depths of the pit. We can cry out to you, and you will hear our cry, Lord. We pray as we look at your scriptures, Lord. May these scriptures encourage us, build us, and uh, Lord speak to us deep within, Lord. Even as we look at time, Lord, we pray that we will. These teachings are timeless. We know, Lord, from ages to ages, your word is uh, for eternal word, Lord. We know you said everything will pass away, heaven and earth will pass away, but all your your words are eternal. They are here to stay. And we believe that, Lord, as we look at your matchless, timeless word, speak to us. We ask this in your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 All right. There are seven hundred references, seven hundred plus references to time in the Bible. You know, the Bible talks, and these are just the word time. There are other references like days, like you know, watches. Uh, we will look at some watches references today. Watches, as in not watches that you wear. But watches, as in in the olden days, I mentioned this last time. You know, uh, days were divided into different watches of three hours. So you basically had four watches of the day and four watches of the night. So we live in twenty-four by seven. They live twenty-four by eight. You know, there were eight, uh, four watches in the night and four watches. So each watch was three hours. And the Bible uses the word time in the context of season. So there are verses that talk about harvest time, sowing time. reaping time you know these are talking about basically seasons then there is the condition time which means like imagine someone saying i'm going through a rough time so what exactly does this mean it simply means that you know someone is going is speaking of his condition right you and i would say that you know yeah, hard times have fallen upon uh, that that nation or that people you know so it's basically talks about a condition and then of course there is the time which is literal time like day night Hour of the day, certain time of the day, and all of that. So we are looking at all of it. We are looking at all of it, and this morning we are going to learn some lessons from the scripture. What do scriptures teach us as those who follow the word of God and who follow Christ and are called to obey the word? What do scriptures teach us? So we are going to quickly look at the Old Testament, which is, of course, when we talk of old and new, we talk in context of time, right? What is new today can be old tomorrow. so we are looking at the old testament and the new testament we are the people of the new testament and yet the old testament was written for us you know it is not our covenant but it is the word of god for us and so we are going to look at both and learn lessons as to what god has to teach us in the context of time so here is our first verse look at this it's a lovely verse it says my eyes stay open through the watches of the night that i may meditate on your promises is that wonderful yeah you and i thought that nights were meant to sleep <laughs> right yeah chill relax watch netflix and go to sleep but look at what the psalmist says the psalmist says my eyes stay open through the watches of the night obviously he is going through a period in life and he says what do i do 
I meditate on your promises. You know, I was reminded of our prayer nights. And uh, I don't know if you've been a part of Masiha for long, but uh, spies, all the young spies will tell you that uh, for years, for years, we've had at least one day, right, Hitesh? And Nikita, I see you all on the screen, you know, uh, at least one day we've had, if not more, sometimes we've had two, sometimes we've had three, you know, where we spend nights praying together, worshipping God together, fellowshipping together, just being, enjoying together, you know. But we spend these nights and I really miss, and I mean, I think since Pali, Pali Darshan went for repairs, we haven't managed to do that one of our church offices, you know, but we've tried to do it at different places. Once we did it at Dharmesh's home, once we did it at uh, the Ta apartments, you know, different, different places we've done. But it's something beautiful about worshipping God through the night. You know, often when we think of worshipping God, praying, we think of day. We think of oh, early morning hours. But this psalmist says, no, I even meditate on God even through the watches of night. You know, at different times, people have often asked me to pray for uh, their lack of sleep. Right? And uh, I think, what, what's it called? Some insomnia. Insomnia, right? Yeah. So this is a kind of a disease where, you know, you don't get, and some people go through certain periods in life also that they usually tend to sleep well, but then they go through a certain period when probably they are overstressed and they don't sleep. And they often ask me, said, you know, Rahul, can you pray for us? Or what do we do? And I often tell them this. I say, you know, open the Bible, read the word, meditate on the word. Let that be the last thing you do before you go to sleep. I love doing that, you know, maybe just a devotion especially if my mind has got too occupied through the day. I just want to close by just reading a verse and meditating on a certain verse. And that is what the psalmist says. You know, this is what uh, the psalmist says. He says, this is what I do. Through the night, I meditate on your promises. You know, so don't think meditation is only for the day, you know, because uh, that may be uh, the new concept. But the old concept is there is a place to even meditate on the promises of God through the night. Now, I know I want to challenge you maybe someday one of these days you know uh, I know our life is the whole cycle is twisted but if you feel led by God to pray through the night or you know pray through certain watch of the night maybe three hours is a watch you know go ahead do it and you will see what a great relief and you can do it as a family worship God for an hour hear a message <clears throat> we've done all of that right We've, you know, we've shared testimonies, so many things we've done right through the night. I mean, I remember some mornings when we used to get up at 5.30, uh, our, our program went on and then 5.30 we were, you know, hunting rickshaws and <laughs> because there were no buses and then finding rickshaws, you know, to reach our homes. It was great fun. It was great fun. I hope uh, someday we will be back to it when this whole uh, pandemic thing will get over, right? But that, that's wonderful. So, yeah. Another thing I wanted to bring you. Okay, let's look at this story. I've been wanting to preach on Acts 26, 27, and 28 for the longest time, actually. You know, I've been I've been contemplating on preaching these three chapters for a seriously long time, but I can't wait anymore. So I'll just bring this one story. So this story is when Paul is now being taken to Rome. He is in a ship, a huge massive ship. There are many people. I think that the figure also is mentioned there, uh, 156 or something. There are a lot of people there. And um, what happens is Paul wants the, the captain of the ship saying, don't go, don't go, because I feel the Lord is saying that we will hit a storm. The captain says, yeah, you're just a prisoner, just shut up. Let me go ahead and do it. So they go ahead and then uh, lo and behold, they are caught in a storm. Long story short, 
the they go through a shipwreck and yet the lord speaks to paul and says listen for your sake none of the prisoners none of those who are on the ship will die none of them will die yes you will lose everything everything will be destroyed but your lives will be spared so then paul speaks up again and tells this whole gang you know most of who would have been strangers to paul saying don't worry don't worry the lord is watching over us yes everything will go the cargo will go and all of that will go but you and i won't we will survive not one life will be lost that is god's promise to us and that is exactly what happens they are all washed away to a shore and they land on an island called malta and they are all there on this malta and people from malta come up and you can imagine manori bell you know <laughs> where have these people just landed and they all walk up to these guys and uh, the the jailer you know the, the the captain of the ship says don't don't worry we are traveling and all of that and they they explain their plight and the the people the islanders are very very kind people you know just like mumbai people we are islanders right we, we are surrounded by island they are very kind people they they give them a warm welcome and they say we will cook some food for you and uh, while all that is happening now imagine how tired paul is but paul is a servant right he he's got a servant heart so he decides to put some fire because everybody has been uh, feeling the chill you know having swam such a long distance or even floated for such a long distance so what he does is he gathers some wood and the reason i'm giving you a background is because it is the context to the story and suddenly as he is gathering woods from the bushes a snake wraps around his hand now this is where the verse starts okay so when the islanders saw the snake hanging from paul's hand they said to each other now listen they don't know paul all they know is yeah this is what paul has done paul is a prisoner maybe for some reason uh he's actually a prisoner because he is been accused of preaching the gospel so that's why he's in chains and this is what they said to each other this man must be a murderer for though he escaped from the sea justice has not allowed him to live you know and it's very weird how quickly they formed an opinion because of what they saw you get my point yeah they saw a snake wrapped around paul's hand and they quickly concluded they started talking around themselves they said you know what this man must be such a deadly criminal that he escaped the sea but look at this justice basically what they're saying is god actually they're saying god has caught up with this man he's not going to live now he's going to die but what is interesting is what happens next now this is fun okay paul shook the snake off now paul is also next level okay <laughs> so he just snakes shakes off the snake and uh, the snake fell into the fire and but i think by that time the snake had bitten uh, paul okay so now what happens is imagine people are waiting now verse 6 comes okay there's no immediate effect it's not like paul is convulsing and you know there's no foam in his mouth nothing the people expected him to swell up and suddenly fall dead that is what people were expecting him you know and they said oh okay okay look at him now 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 he's going to go blue now he's going to go purple now wait watch him watch him <laughs> paul went about his business nothing happens to paul nothing happens to paul you know and now look at what happened but after waiting for a long time he says they waited for a long time okay now i'll tell you why i'm bringing this in context of time they waited for a long time and seeing nothing happened unusual to him now look at this now this is the best part they changed their mind and said he was god <laughs> they said he was god you understand how people's opinion changes quickly now this is a deep lesson i'll tell you this 
Acts 26, 27, 28 are like, you know, amazing passages. There are so many such stories. So this is my point, brothers and sisters, only from the context of time. There is so much more we can glean from this very story. But from the context of time, I want to say this. People will always form opinions about us. Right? Know this. Face that. That's a fact. You are immature if you feel, you know, why are people talking about me? Why are people making opinion? Why are they criticizing? This is the age we live in. Social media has largely got to do with criticism, you know. Now everybody's got a voice and the best part is they don't even have to show their face for their voice. So everybody behind the anonymous names come and criticize you and say, you know, things about you and all of that. They will criticize stars and politicians and any celebrities, you know, any Tom, Dick and Harry can go and write anything on Twitter. And that is exactly what happened about with Paul. People criticized him. They just looked at one aspect. They just saw the snake and they assumed, right? They presumed that Paul must have been such a wicked man, such a wicked sinner that you look at him, justice has chased him. Justice has wrapped around his hand. You know, justice ne apna fun utha liya hai, that kind of thing. But God is ultimately our protector. Hallelujah. And the best part is Paul never even answers them. Paul is not trying to justify himself. Hey, no, listen, you know what? Uh, I was just trying to help. Yeah, come on. Uh, can you give me something, some kada or something that the effect doesn't come? Paul is so chilled. Paul is so relaxed. In fact, he goes about doing his business. You know, he must have lit the fire, served people, begun to eat shira, whatever they offered him. You know, when we, we go for church camps, we are given poa shira. I don't know what the Malta guys gave him. But, you know, the, he was having, and then they realized after some time, you know, nothing is happening. His color is the same. He's smiling. In fact, all the more, he's probably glowing after the Shira. <laughs> you know, he's glowing. Nothing is happening. And then look at this. They concluded that he was no man. He was not just any ordinary man. He was God. Do you understand, brothers and sisters? This is how it is. People will have differing opinions about us. You know, they may think you are God because of what you've done. You know, that is another aspect that people will, you know, blow it out of proportion. And that is the thing we, we Indians do very often. You know, we love making men into God. You know, we make film stars into gods and we, we put milk on them and whatnot. You know, we want politicians to become God. We are so quick to bow down and touch someone's feet because we feel, oh, they are nothing less than God for us. You know, I was watching this amazing uh, series on, I don't know, I think Netflix, Bad Boy Billionaires. And uh, do watch it. It's amazing. I highly recommend three, three series part. And it's the life of these three men who had touched great success and uh, then hit rock bottom. You know, excellently produced and beautifully directed. It's a documentary, but it's a very entertaining documentary. And all three were made to be gods. All three. You look at that serial and you know, all three, you know, people are bowing their feet. And this is typically Indians. This is typically something that I detest. You know, that we are very quick to bow down. But I want you to say something. There's one lesson let's learn with regards to time. Opinions will change. Don't let that one moment bring you down too much. Or for that matter, if I, if I may add, don't let that one moment take you, you know, into the clouds either. Just stay sober. Let people have their opinions. Because remember, opinions change. Can I hear an amen? Yeah. Opinions change. And that's a scripture because we've just seen a story. You know, and there are so many stories. People who said Hosanna, Hosanna to Jesus on a Sunday were the same people who were saying crucify him, crucify him on a Friday. 
So my friends, remember this. People's opinions will constantly change about you. They observe something and they will form an opinion. But with time, God will vindicate you. Hallelujah. With time, God will vindicate you. Amen. So I hope this is one important lesson that you learn. Okay, moving on quickly. Uh, the Bible says this is one of the most famous Psalms, right? Psalm 23 and uh, verse 4 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. You know why I'm saying this in context of time is when one of the translations says, even when I walk, there are phases in our lives where we will feel like we are going through the darkest valley. It's not always that you go through the darkest valley. There are times when you will go through green pastures. It will be wonderful. It will be beautiful. You know, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. Those will be the phases also in life where you will feel, oh, I feel like I'm lying down in green pastures and I'm besides quiet waters. But in that same psalm, it says, but when you go through the valley, the darkest valley, the valley of the shadow of death, remember, he is with you. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, when you go through tough times, have you heard of this footprints? I know most of us have heard of, but for those who haven't, I'll just quickly say, share this. So this one night, this man had a dream and he was walking on this beach with the Lord. And he looked at his life behind, you know, he saw the each scene he noticed there were two sets of footprints in the law, uh, in the sand and one belonged to him and the other belonged to the Lord. But he noticed something. He noticed that when through his darkest phase, there were only one set of footprints. So he felt very um, hurt. You know, he doubted. He turned to the Lord and said, Lord, how is this that you are walking with me? But through my darkest times, how come I see only one set of footprints? Why did you leave me, Lord? And this is what was God's answer. He said, my precious, precious child, I love you and I would never leave you. During your times of trial and suffering, when you see one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. Isn't that beautiful? You know, and I want to, I, this, I, I remember as a young uh, uh, person, the first time I read this was uh, my aunt had this as a poster. Rohit will remember, you know, she had this big poster in um, her house, uh, my aunt. And uh, whenever we used to go to her house, it was this fine print. And I said, what is this poster? What so many words? And I read it and I was so touched. I didn't know the Lord. Imagine at that time, you know, I must have been seven, eight. The first time I read this story and it had a great impression on my mind, knowing that God carries us through our darkest phases. God is with us. Even when we go through the valley of the shadow of death, it is God, brothers and sisters. Remember in those times, God is with us. Not only is he with us, he's virtually carrying us. Amen. That is what the Bible says in the Old Testament, that I carried the Israelites as a father carries his child. I carried the Israelites when they went through the wilderness. Amen. Amen. So that is an assurance from God. If any of you are going through such phases, I know we've all been through such a phase in this year. And I want to reassure you that God is carrying you, brothers and sisters. In the New Testament, so we will balance the old and the new. Look at what the New Testament says. He says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. Because of what Jesus has accomplished for us, we can come boldly through the th throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in time of need. You know, so what happens in times of need? You don't need to get into depression or you don't need to, you know, say, what do I do? Uh, in times of need, the book of Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews says, listen, 
come to God, come to th- the throne of grace, come to worship Him, that you will receive grace and mercy when when you need it the most. Hallelujah! When you need the most, that is when you feel my fuel. You know, I, I've lost uh, the indication is there in the car. You see, you know, it's coming towards the E. The indicator is towards the E. You feel empty within. You can come to God and be replenished, be refueled in God. He will fill you with His love. He will fill you with His grace. He will fill you with His mercy. Hallelujah, Amen, Amen. We can do that. We can do that. I just saw this beautiful uh, poster yesterday. I loved it. It says, "If you rearrange the letters in the word depression, you will get I pressed on." Right. So I quickly posted it on our commission leaders. I said the conference must be over. Uh, the name of our conference was Press On. I said the conference is over, but the journey is still pending, right? So don't uh, be in depression. Uh, it's the anagram, just change of letters. Uh, I pressed on. So keep pressing on, brothers and sisters, in Jesus. Hallelujah, Amen. Through the darkest phase, remember, I pressed on because God was with me. If you remember, some uh, I think it was last year, if I'm not mistaken, we had a youth Sunday, and I preached on this verse. Uh, if if your memory serves you right. It says, "Teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts to wisdom." Right? It's a beautiful words, an amazing words. It says, "Teach us to number our days. Simply plan your days, plan your life in such a way that you will apply your heart of wisdom. How you are living is so important, brothers and sisters. We are not just going through a motion in life. You know, there are some philosophies that say it doesn't matter what happens tomorrow. No one's seen after life. Just live the way you want." But the Bible contradicts that. It says, "No, no, no. Learn to live, you know, in a way that uh, you are led by God." So that's why he says the prayer is, "Teach us to number our days. Number our days means teach us to live in accordance with your will, Lord. Amen. That we may apply our hearts to wisdom." So God encourages us to live wisely. Uh, I heard this another beautiful quote that said, "Don't watch the clock." do what it does keep on ticking keep on going yeah and again just simply keep pressing on right the one thing that you look at the uh, watch and learn is how it keeps ticking on and so similarly you know keep ticking on keep growing keep uh, pressing on one of the things the bible encourages us is uh, you know in context of time plan your life well say so it says the plans of the diligent lead to profit anything that requires planning requires time right planning is always in context of time so if you're planning your marriage or you're planning your pregnancy you're planning your move anything that you do it says if you plan in a diligent manner which means you utilize your time diligently it will lead to profit as surely as haste see haste doesn't involve you know the right calculation of time hardbody mein hum log kuch karte hain na so haste leads to poverty so imagine this is a great tip in fact specifically speaking of finance the bible says dishonest money dwindles away but whoever gathers money little by little again in context of time whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow isn't that wonderful yeah what a lovely verse that is you know that is not only uh, wisdom but that is a blessing from god if we receive this if you save little by little you know someone feels oh i i if i get a jackpot i'll you know make so much money but jackpots and lotteries dwindle away and you look at this you know there are so many interviews conducted by bbc and the others where uh, people who won jackpots and lotteries 
money never survived they are in fact in the worst case scenario there are so many such um, episodes and serials and documentaries on people who got you know a flash in the pan they quickly got rich and sadly strangely they quickly lost it also you know probably they just didn't know how to invest or what to do but it says who he who gathers money little by little makes it grow divine wisdom from the word itself time is a currency you can spend only once isn't that brilliant you know every other currency you can lose your money and you can gain it back you can lose your health and gain it back you know but time is such a currency that once you spend it it is not going to come back it's 10:30 now and it's never going to be 10:30 again for today for today you know it's gone it's gone that's it and i'm grateful that you spend your time well okay okay look at another thing with regards to time while we are looking at how to plan look at what the bible says in the new testament ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 and 16 says look carefully then how you walk not as unwise but as wise make the best use of time paul says make the best use of time because the days are evil is that wonderful right be careful how you're leading your life how you're walking don't walk as someone who's unwise but walk as someone who is wise make the best use of time is what paul is saying why because the days are evil you know i think we we will agree the days are evil and that's why paul says listen because the days are evil be accountable make the best use of time something that you've got to ponder and ask yourself am i making the best use of time how I, how have i used my time in the last 7 months all of us will agree we had a lot more time than we thought we were you know and in the lockdown and all of that how have you spent your time have you made the best use of it uh, or have you you know just drifted away okay. um there is something that uh, a lot of companies do is they have this reporting machine which means you punch in right this is called the the attendance punching machine i remember every almost every company that i worked in uh, had a punching machine even our call centers you know we were just uh, asked to flash our id cards against this machine and then the time was noticed if you were late and you had three lates in uh, in a month you lost one day's pay it doesn't matter how hard you worked that day but uh, you know the the punching cards and all of that now what it tells you is um, often we look at time and with regards to work we look at filling in time you know so you flash your card you come at 9 you go back at 6 uh, the the mill workers did that in the olden days and since then this time logging has happened but what is more important than filling in the hours is the quality that you produce in those hours you know that becomes more important sadly our society puts a lot of emphasis on the number of hours you put but it doesn't put as much focus on the quality that you put in those number of hours i hope you get what i'm saying you know so we often talk about you know certain government organizations they are more interested in the hours being filled rather than looking at the productivity that is achieved in those hours right and uh, one of the best examples uh, of uh, a great organization is apple undoubtedly it would today be you know right on top uh, right on top uh, if, if you hear simon senek uh, you know one of the sharpest minds in our days today 
he would rate apple right on top and look at what the founder of apples had to say steve jobs said quality is more important than quantity one home run is better than two doubles for those who are not very familiar with baseball it simply means a six you know one one sixer is more important than keep running two twos you know so it's not the quantity that is important it is the quality that we produce that is extremely important time is free but it's priceless you can't own it but you can use it you can't keep it but you can spend it and once you've lost it you can never get it back right so let's make the best use of time brothers and sisters some of us need to just sit back and examine how we are spending our time it's a good exercise to do you know what are we doing with our time there may be things that we may do which is just whiling away our time but we are not being productive the key is to be productive with our time even if you're holidaying imagine know this that that is also productivity you need that time to relax but you must have these slots in your life where you're utilizing your time well okay let me just end with a few warnings i'm surprised the time has flown by today but uh, look at one of the warnings so in 1 timothy chapter 1 verse 5 and 6 this is what paul says he says listen the purpose of my instruction is that all believers would be filled with love that comes from a pure heart a clear conscience and a genuine faith he says now this is the warning he says some people have missed this whole point they have turned away from these things and spend their time in meaningless discussions you know so sometimes you and i can get caught in arguments this can be with so many of us it, it can be between a husband and a wife parents and children friends or even strangers we spend a lot of time into meaningless discussions discussions which will not end anywhere i am not saying have healthy discussions and debates and you know dis- discuss uh, that that's good but make sure that you quickly realize if you are heading towards a meaningless discussion that's when you are wasting away you are whiling away your time and paul warns us he says no 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 listen i'd rather say you spend time worshiping god you know spend time reading the word utilize your time well if you feel that a certain discussion is turning towards a meaningless discussion avoid it that's one of the warnings that paul gives us james 4 gives us another warning james you know is a book in your face kind of a book you know it's pretty straight in the new testament look at what it says he says you are a mist okay hello you know there is another place where paul says you are a grass so you know uh it says you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes that is a very sobering thought <laughs> right yeah for all of us who thought we were very special look at what it says we are a mist you know what's a mist right the morning mist you know waft so it says you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes it doesn't he doesn't mean to be little us what he's basically trying to say is make the most of what you have you know you are here and uh, do what you can for the glory of god use your time well you've heard this quote i'm sure many of us have heard it says the bad news is time flies the good news is you're the pilot <laughs> so how your time flies is something that you can watch over you can look at you can control how you spend your time you know the number of hours that you put in to what you do and i feel in the context of money jesus said you know where your heart is where your treasure is there your heart is also i feel it also applies in context of time you know what you love the most is what you will give your time the most for right that is where your uh, 
heart will be. Okay, let's end with uh, this one story of Esther's. Uh, it's a beautiful story. We all know um, this great story of Xerxes. Xerxes the Great, he was known. If you've seen 300, the movie, you know who I'm talking about. The mighty Xerxes was the king of Persia. And uh, he married a Jewish girl, a young Jewish girl, not knowing that she was a Jewish girl. He married a girl called Esther. And that's the story in the Bible. And how uh, Xerxes was manipulated by one of his, uh, you know, one of his uh, soldiers, one of his right-hand men. His name was Haman. And Haman convinced uh, Xerxes to kill all the Jews. He said, you know, you pass a decree that all the Jews in our region should be killed. And Xerxes couldn't see through this trap. And he signed, you know, he, he stamped it. And there was a certain day, a time was coming where all the Jews would be killed. Now is when Esther's cousin, Esther is a queen now, and Esther's cousin Mordecai comes to Esther and says, what are you doing about it? I know you're safe. I know you won't be touched because you're the queen and no one knows you're a Jew. But what about your people? And then he provokes her, he challenges her. Look at this verse, Esther 4 verse 14. He says, if you remain silent at this time, know this. Relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place because God is watching over the Jews. You know? And these were God's people. He says, God will cause deliverance and relief to come from some place or the other. And you and your father's household will perish. He says, don't think that you will escape. And what are you doing? Now, this is the punchline. He says, you, who knows whether you have not attained royalty for such a time as this? He says, who knows you've become queen for such a time as this, for such a time. And when, when you look at the story, it's amazing how Esther steps up and saves her people, you know. And as you look at the story, you see the factor of time coming. Brothers and sisters, you and I are born for such a time as this. That is the, the key phrase, you know, whether you live in Chambur or Brivli or wherever, in whichever part, Virginia, whichever part of the world you live in, you know, remember this, that God has placed you where you work, where you live, you know, the time you live in. The other day I was just pulling Jeevan's leg and I asked him, I said, which is the era that you would like to have lived in? You know, and he told me a shocking answer. He said, 100 years from now. I said, what? 100 years from now, you don't even know what is there. Why would you want to live in an era that you've not seen? You know, I'm so grateful to God for being born in the 70s. And 80s, you know, I think those were the best era. I will not exchange it for anything. Uh, my brother will agree with me. You know, we, we had the best days growing up, you know, drinking from an open tap and <laughs> climbing trees and, you know, doing a lot of musty. Ours was the best era. Now it's all about gaming. <laughs> oh my goodness, God help this generation. But, you know, we were born for such a time. Each of us is born and God designed us. And when we look at Jesus, we will see the opening line, which will amaze you. I won't let the cat out of the bag. But it is an amazing verse that it says, in the fullness of time, Jesus was born. And we will look at what it means. It simply means that each time, each our, our time of our birth was decided by God. Hallelujah. Not only were we conceived to whom we will be born, but also at what time we will be born, which era we will be born. And because Esther was born for such a time as that, she attained royalty for such a time as that. Brothers and sisters, you and I have been born for such a time as this. Hallelujah. There is an onus on us 
as Mordecai challenged Esther, the spirit of God will challenge us. You were born for such a time as this. What are you doing with your timing that God has placed you wherever he's placed you? Whether it's Bandra or Bhoiwada, wherever you are, what are you doing with such a time as this that you were born? No, God is going to use you just as God used Esther for deliverance. God is going to use us to reach out to our friends, our family, our neighbors and be a blessing to them. Amen. Amen. Okay, I'm going to end with this one. A beautiful quote from none other than Martin Luther King Jr., the great activist uh, from the US. He said, the time is always right to do what is right. Isn't that nice? The time is always right to do what is right. You know, so if there is something that you've got to do, which is right, then don't wait for the right time. It is always the right time to do what is right. Isn't that wonderful? There's a little more to this whole passage. So we're going to come back next Sunday and we won't look at, we will look at Jesus in December. Okay. I'll keep your eyes fixed on him always, but I'm talking about in with regards to time, we will look at Jesus in December. Right? Let me just pray and end. I hope uh, something of the word has touched you and you've been blessed by it. Okay. Come, let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord, that you are an amazing God. We thank you so much for reminding us that we were born for such a time as this. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that we can fantasize about eras and times and uh, durations when we could have been born. But we know, Lord, that we exist today for a purpose. We are born today and we are born again today, Lord, for a purpose, Lord. And we pray that you will help us just as Esther fulfilled her purpose in her lifetime. We will fulfill our purpose in our lifetime. Lord, we pray that we will not be swayed by opinions, but like Paul, Lord, we will fix our eyes on what we are meant to do and what we are called to do. For we know time will prove us. You will prove us right. We pray that, Lord Jesus. We pray that the things that we've learned today will remain in our hearts, Lord. And as we journey in life, we will be aware that God is watching over us. God is good. Lord, we pray, help us to plan and uh, live our life in, in a way that we will one day give an account of our life and our time to you, Lord. Help us to do that. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.